My name is Yemi, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Philia. Hey, guys. And welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations surrounding everyday life, our relationships, and our faith walk with Christ. So, Philia, how are you taking this faith walk with Christ today? I love that. Well, Yemi, I am taking this faith walk with Christ today to discuss the grind of internal opposition. You know, we love to say our favorite word, the ops. (laughs) And with internal opposition, just as David in Psalm 3 took those oppositions to the Lord, we too can release them to our mighty defender. I mean, for in the end, only God can do right and right the unjust of the opposition. So we will be taking these scriptures today from Proverbs 1, verses 20 to 22, Proverbs 1, verses 29 to 32. I also will be taking them from Proverbs 9, verses 16 to 18, Proverbs 9, 14 to 15, and Proverbs 22, verse 3. And I begin, wisdom shouts in the streets. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded and scoffs delight themselves in scoffing and fools have knowledge? Proverbs 1 verses 29 to 32. They hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way. And he satiated with their own devices for the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Proverbs 9 verses 16 to 18. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here and to him, Who lacks understanding, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Proverbs 14, verse 15. The naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his steps. And last, Proverbs 22, verse 3. The product sees the evil and hides himself, but the naive go on and are punished for it. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, this idea of opposition really shows that people are constantly working sometimes against those who are trying to find the goodness of the Lord. In the grind of opposition, it's like, it's about the idea of having wisdom that only God can right the wrongs of the unjust. Only God can right your wrongs. So when you're doing things, you have to be mindful of the things that you do. Always have an idea of being kind to to others. Always have the idea that, yes, Jesus, you know, died on the cross for us and um, for our sins, but you can't go in knowing or feeling like, oh, anything I do is okay. You still have to be mindful of the things because God knows our heart. He knows our intent. He knows actually what we were going to do before even we knew. And I think in that is just really, really important to pray for that discernment so that God can always right the wrongs. Yeah, I think 
I think God can right our wrongs. And I think that going to him and taking everything to him is the most important thing we can do for our lives. We struggle with external opposition, but our biggest contender is ourselves. Our internal opposition is, it's like we're our own worst enemy. (laughs) We struggle with the things that we talked about before, laziness, imbalance, disharmony, discord, all these things, some of, a lot of them focuses on our internal selves and what we say and do to ourselves. And that reflects on the world outside. That reflects on our lives. I think you always say like our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions, our actions become our destiny. Yes. I'm paraphrasing, something like that. Yes, yes, it's correct. <laughs> and I think sometimes good or bad, our destiny is shaped by what we are struggling and dealing with internally. So we want the good outcomes. That's our focus, the good outcomes. So we have to fight internally. And like we say, opposition, our favorite word is ops. There is no end to me whatsoever going to say that the devil doesn't play a part in this, right? Like he is our main ops and he can play mind games on us. It's not just like, I know people have like issues with their dreams where there are things that are very unsettling in their dreams, but I'm talking about the things that you say to yourself. Those thoughts are not of God, right? That's why we're supposed to take captive all those thoughts and put them to submission to the, of the knowledge of Christ. Who does God say you are instead of who you're telling yourself that you are? So in our internal opposition, the things that prevent us from succeeding, the things that make us um, keep us from moving forward, the things that are holding us back. What is our biggest op? Like what is the biggest contender in our life that prevents us from moving forward with God's will? I I love that question, Yemi, because like you said, we are our biggest opposition because, you know, the, the, the saying of there's nothing to fear, but fear you know, itself is because when you are, first of all, God does not operate in fear. So when you're doing that, it is not of God, right? Because you should go in with, with some type of fervent vigor in the things that you do and be fearless, like putting on that armor of God. That is about the fearless, knowing that you can wear Jesus. Jesus is the full armor. That's how I see it, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, you can go on and think of your helmet and your belt and your breastplate and your sword and your gospel of the shoes, you know, of your shoes of peace and all of these things. But when you wear Christ, that is the full armor that you have. So if you're wearing Christ, how can you have opposition inside of you when he is nothing but the truth? He's nothing but the Prince of Peace. He's nothing but goodness. How do you wear him and be black wolf or, you know, a a fox or a snake underneath? It can't work. You can't have that. So I think the idea of opposition is trying to purge yourself of these negative things. You are what you think. And no matter what your past is, that does not dictate your future. You should only be looking at your past to see how far you have come, how much you have achieved. It should not keep you stagnated. You know, when I'm having conversations with friends, I talk about with me, I was, uh, you know, I have family members who had been very inappropriate with me, you know, sexually when I was younger. And I had to grow up in the household knowing that my parents knew and didn't really do anything about it. And I said, if I continue to hold on to that, it would dictate 
who I am as a person now. It dictates my relationships with my 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 ex-husband or you know my children's father and even my current relationship. It if I use that, it's like I'm victimizing myself and not trying to get better. I can't use what happened to me at 12 to dictate what's going on with me at 50. I have to say, okay, God, that was my path, you know, and I know that you would not have put me or, or you took me from a situation that could have destroyed me. So that in itself shows favor for me. That in itself shows that, that, I, I have that armor because there are people who have come from that and are destroyed today, whether they have committed suicide, whether they, you know, have lost their homes, whether they don't trust people again. And I still came from that and still trust. I still trust. I still love people. I still love people even more, even though people have shown me in the past that they could not be trusted at, I have to always put my guard up. So when I think of those things, I said, I'm stronger for it because I've come through it. I have, I'm on the other side. And I continue to tell that little girl, that young philia, that you're going to be okay. So that young philia can catch up with older philia, adult philia and say, wow, yes, I am. I am okay. Because that that's the idea of what trauma is. Trauma is basically, or triggers, like people call them triggers, is just really trauma that has occurred that your body is fighting against because it knows what that feels like. So if you continue to 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 pray and and ask God for, I'm not those things. I'm not that thing. I'm not the negative thing that people have thought or said about me. Because how can I be negative or how can I be bad or how could I be rotten if I am made in your image? You are nothing but goodness. So when you tell yourself that, like I say, your thoughts become your words, right? And your words become, you know, your actions. And then you continue to do those actions, then they do become your habits and your destiny. But Again, everything takes practice. It's not just saying it, it's also believing it, it's sleeping it, it's eating it, it's talking it, it's practicing it. Those things cannot work without the other. You have to make a concerted effort to be doing these things so that it's second nature. You don't even think twice. Just like when you wake up, you know you gotta get ready for work or you know you gotta brush your teeth and wash your face because you can't step outside like that. That's the way you have to feel about putting on that armor. That's the way you have to feel about stopping that opposition and making yourself more holy and pure so that God can pour more into you. I love that. I mean, that was really profound. I think there's a lot of people who are dealing with a lot of trauma and they're triggered by things that happen outside. And it manifests in a way that's not healthy, not healthy for them personally and not healthy for the people around them because they may be taking something out, something, a trauma that they had, they may be taking it out on other people. That's why we say take captive those thoughts and put it to submission of Christ because we want Christ to heal us. We want Christ to lead us. These are the things that are important for us to heal. These are the things that are important for us to combat our internal opposition. I think mostly when we struggle with this stuff, we struggle with the will of God. What does God say our lives should be? Who does God say we are? Those kind of things manifest in our life in a way that we show God that we are in opposition to him because we're not believing what his word says about us. We're not believing that 
these things are past and all things are made new, right? This is what the word says. But because we continue to struggle, we're not really submitting to Christ the way that we need to do. And what does that look like in our life? We constantly confront the same issues over and over again. We're not learning from them. We're not moving past them because we haven't dealt with them in a way that Christ has dictated. We have not taken those thoughts captive. Part of what you said, Philia, came from forgiveness, not only forgiveness of others, but forgiveness of yourself. I think a lot of people struggle with that. I know personally there's issues that I struggle with. And when I'm triggered, when these things come to light, or when these things happen to me, I have to reflect. I have to sit and say like, well, why did I respond like that? What am I doing? I, I, I Honestly, I spend a lot of time thinking about my past responses and my future responses because I want to conduct myself in a way. I want to, I don't want to pretend like I'm healed. I want to be healed. And what does that look like Look like on the outside? If I say that I'm healed, if I say that I believe in God, that I believe God's timing, what does that look like? Am I sitting there saying, woe is me? Or am I confident? Am I self-assured that I believe that God has something for me, that I believe that my prayers will be answered? Or am I sitting in self-doubt? Even if I say it outside, in the inside, am I questioning God? I'll admit, on the inside, I question God. (laughs) I'm not going to lie about that. I struggle with that, but I'm really trying to get rid of that because I don't want to be God's op. I don't want to have this internal struggle, this dialogue that reflects negatively on my belief. I want to believe and submit to God completely. You know, um, yeah, me, I think that's such a wonderful thing because we want to do these things, right? So we have our brain that says, I want to, but it's those internal conflicts that prevent us from submitting because then that's where ego comes in sometimes, right? Where we're like, yes, but it's not fair that this person did this thing to me. And, you know, and that's where that whole repentance and, and forgiveness comes in. And that's why when they say that forgiveness is not for the person is for you. That's why, because when you start to forgive yourself, you're releasing yourself of this burden of deceit, of, of pain. You're releasing yourself because you're like, it's not my fault. Or, I don't really have to blame in the fact that someone hurt me. I can forgive myself for being naive because naivety is is a thing, right? When you're naive, you don't know, but then once you know, you are accountable. And then once we know, we are accountable for everything that we do and our actions because God gave us that wisdom. So I think the first thing is 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 a acceptance of the things that you know and it's like just asking God to work with me, work on me, work through me. You know, whenever these negative thoughts come, put your give me your peace. You know, fill them with your peace. Fill them with your love. Fill them with joy. Let me know what that feels like. I feel it sometimes, but I want to feel it all the time so I don't experience the hurt and pain because those are the triggers. Those are the things that take us back to those negative places where you start to question God, where you start to say, why? Like, you know, this person did not go through that and we're in the same place now. Why did I have to go through it? But God makes us his strongest soldiers because we have you know, we are burdened by these things so that we could get to the other side so that we could physically be an example to others. Um, Yesterday, 
there was a poem that came to me from a friend and it resonated with me so much. I'm just going to read it really quickly because I think it's definitely confirmation on what we're talking about, this opposition, this, this internal opposition. But the, the poem is by Derek Walcott and it's called Love After Love. And it says, the time will come when with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes, Peel your own image from the mirror, sit and feast on your life. Now, this poem really made me think of that self-reflection. It's like all of the things I started feeling, these negative thoughts, like saying that my wings were clipped because I've always tried to help others who, I'm not going to say they didn't deserve it, but they weren't ready. And I'm here carrying the weight of so many people around me, as opposed to just flourishing on the blessings that God had already granted me with. But it's almost like I felt guilty for being so blessed. So I almost held myself back on purpose. And sometimes I, I, I don't feel like that now, but I felt like that for years. And this poem made me think about this love after love is because when you look at the mirror, you see your self-reflection. But on the other side, it's that that person is what your reflection, but that person didn't go through that hurt, didn't go through that pain, didn't go through this, didn't go through that. You can still come from you can still come out of that and give all of that pain and that hurt and and relinquish all of that stuff to God. So when you are when you are empty, you can be ready to be poured in new things, new memories, new thoughts, those old things. Like if let's just say you had a bad breakup in Paris, doesn't mean you don't go back to Paris. It means you make new memories in Paris, you know? And I think we hold on to hurt so much that we prevent ourselves from living our best lives. And God doesn't want that for us. Like we can rewrite just like he is the author and the finisher. He gives us the, the, the wisdom and the knowledge to also rewrite these good things. Of course, only at his will. That's the way we have to start to see our lives. We don't have to end this chapter this way. As long as it is in God's will and we know that he's doing it for the goodness of, of the Lord and he will make our path straight, you have to start to, to, to clean yourself and purge yourself of all these negative internal oppositions so that only goodness can be inside of you. Amen. Amen. Um, I think that I think it's so important to do a purge and cleanse and take stock of yourself because we should love ourselves. God created us and God loves us so much. He wants us to thrive. He wants good for us according to his will and plan and purpose. Sometimes we don't achieve those things because we hold ourselves back. We struggle with all of our internal dealings. We don't fully love ourselves. We don't fully trust ourselves. We don't fully trust God that we can't achieve the blessings that he has for us. We're so worried about our neighbor. How does it look like to somebody else? 
we compare ourselves to other people. We don't have this. Our eyes should be fully set on God. I mean, the author tells us there's three different types of people who rebel or three characteristics of the the, the act of rebel, um, rebel, the person who's in opposition to God. And I know all of us have had been some form of this type. <laughs> and the author is not actually kind <laughs> about these rebels. I mean, he calls them simple-minded, foolish, and a scoffer. And, and we have to understand what this looks like because we don't really think of ourselves as being in rebellion of God. But when we don't trust him completely, when we don't submit to him, when we don't love ourselves, we are in rebellion to God. One is the simple-minded. I'll tell you, these are not nice. <laughs> so the author tells us that this kind of person is easily misled and falls prey to deception. Doesn't really learn from their mistakes. This is like falling into the same mistakes over and over again. People tell you one thing and you follow because you're not focused on God. You're not focused on what God tells you to do. And you're not learning the lessons, right? Like I I know like some of the struggles that I have and I, when you really submit your stuff to God, (laughs) he will show up. (laughs) So recently, I guess I want to say a couple of weeks, my remote broke and I haven't been able to replace it. I've ordered (laughs) several different remotes from Amazon and I still can't get a working remote. And I'm like, all right, God, when I told you I watch TV too much, when I actually submitted it to you, (laughs) you knew that what I meant. (laughs) Don't break the remote. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't say break the remote, but he knew I wasn't, I wasn't going to do it. Right. So the challenge has to come, but this is the thing, right? Like if I'm telling myself I watch too much TV and I'm not stopping it, I'm not curtailing it. How am I, how am I being wise? How am I showing myself discipline? How am I saying that I want to spend time with the word, but I'm watching TV. So these are the things that happen. Yes, you saw, I submitted to God and there was a, there was a, something that happened and that I'm living and I had to reflect and say, oh, wow, this is something that I submitted to God and maybe this is his way. But that's the point. You learn, oh, you don't want God to tell you, have to teach you the lessons over and over. You don't want God to have to, to break your remote just to get your attention. Right. (laughs) You don't want to take too long. That's being simple-minded. That's being naive. And I think there's, we're naive in, in, in a lot of different areas. There's always going to be areas that we don't know about, but God gives us the ability to learn and grow. So we take those lessons and we grow. We don't, we shouldn't be in opposition to the, to the truth. We should accept it. Right. But we shouldn't follow people easily. I, I really love what you said about following people easily and talking about naivety, because even in Proverbs 14, verse 15, it says the naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his steps. And in um, Proverbs 28, 26, it says he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. So it's also just showing that once you are made aware, you are held accountable. And once you are held accountable, then you have to think wisely. And if you're thinking wisely, then you will 
act accordingly. And if you act accordingly, you will be delivered. It's like a step-by-step process, but all of those things takes a process. They don't all come at once, but they do come with practice. They do come when you start to make these things habitual. They do come when you are making concerted and deliberate actions in the things that you do. I I 100% agree. And there's two other um, characteristics Mm -hmm. that the author tells us or two other types of rebels. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go through them really quickly because I think we can really delve into these characteristics on the live, right? (laughs) So the other one is like foolish, like Philia said, like the foolish is wise in their own mind, right? Like, like you don't know the answers. <laughs> we don't, you don't got the answer, Sway. <laughs> Famous words from Kanye West, right? So a foolish person believes in their own self-wisdom overall and rejects the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. God is telling us what to do. God is showing us what to do. And even if it's not loud and blaring, mm-hmm. we know we can open the word. We can go to Bible study. We can go to church. There's different ways to learn the truth and knowledge of God so that we don't have to be foolish. We don't have to lean on our own understanding because sometimes our understanding is a little crazy. <laughs> right. I'm going to say sometimes my logic is a little crazy. I have to check myself. People check me and I'll be like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I'm a little out there on that one. <laughs> But it doesn't stand to the to the wisdom of God. That's why we're doing this wisdom series, because these are practical uh, applications of wisdom, not just like we're looking at this grand scheme. We're not just looking at parables and making these interpretations. This is very practical for our lives. So if we're taking all of this stuff and applying it to our lives, we should know what to do. We should know the way to go. We shouldn't lean on our own understanding all the time. We should take whatever we're thinking and say, does this align with the word of God? The next one is the scoffer. I love this one because I know many scoffers. And a scoffer is someone who kind of just who kind of just mocks God, right? Like can stand in the face of the truth and the knowledge of God and kind of just just reject it completely. It reminds me of the two men who were on the who were were on uh, crucified at the same time as Christ. Right. One one mocked Jesus and said, "Aren't you the King?" Of the Jews, aren't you God, the Messiah? Take yourself down from here. The other one said, don't you fear God? Think about it. You had one who was mocking God and one who was dying and still recognized the presence of God, even in that horrible situation. And Jesus promised him that he would be in paradise the same day. I don't know about the scoffer, but I don't think he went to paradise. <laughs> no. I think he was with gnashing of teeth. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, the scoffer just kind of shows this open disdain for God's wisdom. They know the word of God and they laugh. They say no. that's not logical. They, even though you 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 have the one who's simple-minded who just doesn't know, right? Who's right. not learning, learning those lessons. But you have the ones who know, who've been taught and refuses to come into alignment with the word of God. Right, right. I know Jesus said that you can mock him, but don't mock the Holy Spirit. I don't play with the Holy Spirit. I'd be like, Holy Spirit, act up, they, Holy yeah. Spirit, be in this situation. Yeah. Don't be the scoffer. Don't be the one who mocks these things right. and ends up in a very, 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 very bad situation. Right. 
I think we all have done it. We all have taken God's name in vain, but you know what? Right now, let's just take a moment and and ask for forgiveness. Yes. (laughs) Right? Like we want to be wise. We want to be, we don't want to be in open rebellion to God. We want to come into alignment with his will and word. And And there's so much that we can say about this. I think there's a lot more, but we should just save it for the live. Let's save it for the live. I want to hear more. I want to hear from our viewers. <laughs> so stay tuned for announcements and closing prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today as we discuss the importance of fighting against our internal opposition through the lens of Proverbs. We hope you enjoyed the discussion, but before we wrap, we have a few announcements. Then we would like to close in prayer. First, we would like to announce that we will be back next week with another podcast in this season of Unlocking Wisdom through the Book of Proverbs. We will also be hosting our next Wisdom Wednesday live on YouTube tonight. October 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel, Treading Faith. Treading Faith is also our Instagram handle. So follow our IG page to keep current on what's happening with Treading Faith. Our podcast is also available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and our website, treadingfaith.captivate.fm, and where other podcasts are found. You can subscribe and share with your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Lastly, Don't forget to add another note to your faith box or jar. The faith box, what I'm calling God's good gifts, is a box or jar where we keep weekly accomplishments, reminders, testimonies, or good news. At the end of the year, we will review the contents to remind ourselves and have insight into God's presence in our life year round. It's okay if you're not consistent weekly and it's not too late to start. Nothing is too big or too small to include. This is something personal just for you. Now, let's join together in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer and specifically praying the text of the Bible because according to Isaiah 55, 11, God's word would not come back void. We also believe that our prayers are strengthened in numbers. So we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Lord, Father God, we give you glory and honor. We we respect and humble ourselves in your great name. We ask for your mercy, guidance, and grace daily. According to Matthew 18, 20, when two or more are gathered in your name, you are present. We welcome your presence, Father God, and we present your presence continuously in our lives. Father God, as we struggle daily with internal oppositions against your will and your word, help us to focus on you. Focus our minds on you. Focus our thoughts on you. Align our actions with your word so that we no longer stand in opposition with you, but align with your will and way. This is the way for us to avoid suffering. This is the way for us to achieve peace. Father, we know that the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. But Father, if we submit to you, if we focus on what you say, who you say we are, we will have the power. We will be in our armor to stand up against that. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by the testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Father God, help us to know what is right and wrong. Help us so that we do not stand in opposition to you. Help us to overcome our internal ops so that we are greater so that we are greater with you and through you against all things. Father, there's so many 
troubles of the world that stays on our mind. We internalize it and we act on it. Father, we can we can feel hopeless and down at times. But Father, if we submit that to you, we know you, the Prince of Peace, will give us guidance, peace, and rest. Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Father, we know if we think about what is good, what we think about what is positive, what we think about is true, we can be released from needless sufferings. Let our minds not focus on the bad and the negative and the things of this world that are not in alignment with you. Let us set our sights on high. Let us see and have a vision of a future that is with you, through you, and in you. John 16, 33 says, I have these, I've said these things to you that you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We thank you, Father God, for overcoming the world because there are trials and tribulations. So we have peace in knowing that you have overcome, that all these things will pass by. They're only temporary, despite how painful. Father, we know that there is more and greater through you. First John 5, 3 to 5 says, for this is the love of God that will keep that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is that? Who is that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Father, it is our faith that gives us strength. Father, Following your commandments should not be burdensome. There should be joy in knowing that we can overcome the world through Jesus Christ, that we can overcome our personal struggles, our internal and external struggles by leaning on your word. Titus 2, 7, 8 says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and your teachings show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may not may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Father God, strengthen us. Arm us with your word. Help us align with your will and stay on the path you have assigned for us so that we will never be put to shame because nothing, nothing can compare to your love, to your wisdom, to your guidance. Anything that stands in opposition to you, God, will fail. Father God, let our internal oppositions fail so that we may flourish in you. Your word says in Matthew 18, 19, if at least two of us agree on earth about anything we ask for, that it will be done by our father in heaven. So we come into agreement with this prayer when we say, amen, 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 amen. And in Jesus name, amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We love you. We can't wait to see you on the live or until next week. Bye.